Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Week five. We are on to week five of the fantasy football and NFL best ball season. Almost quarter of the way through the year time is flying chaos is ensuing and week five is a make or break week for multiple offenses multiple players we drafted highly or drafted lots of and some really intriguing spots in particular for some of the guys that rob and i drafted that you sickos drafted and we're going to cover it all here on a quick little week five look ahead for fantasy football and best ball 2023 let's do it So, Rob, you know, we signed off yesterday for anybody that did not get a chance to watch our Monday Night Best Ball show last evening. We covered kind of everything that happened in week four, of course, aside from the Monday Night Football game, because we record before the Monday Night Football game. Me having lots of Seahawks, a um, little bit of, of Daniel Jones, but also kind of two bad defenses, was a little bit excited for this, maybe a potential bounce-back spot for the Giants, who have been obviously putrid outside of one half of football this entire year. Getting excited for that game. We're just hoping, let's get us some points, let's get us some fantasy goodness, and my God, that was I that was the biggest waste of three hours of my life, and I did not finish it all the way to the end, but you get the point. That was abysmal. That felt more like kind of the disappointment of week one and some of the bad games that we saw there as opposed to some of the more fun we've had over the course of the last few weeks. That was terrible. I don't have any takeaways. I mean, the Seahawks won, like Ken Walker scored, DK caught a touchdown. It's like, hooray. JSN led them in targets, by the way, for a whopping like four fantasy points. But, you know, we'll take our wins where we can get them. Game was just horrible. I'm excited to move on to week five after that one. We almost had the most fun play of the season, though. Uh, except he got called down that Ken Walker touchdown run for like 75 yards. Oh, oh yeah. 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 That was a lot of fun. And I was like, come on, just give it to him. Like, it's just too fun to take it off the board. 
and his ass cheek was down by like that much. Yep. But it, that was fun. Yeah, the, the Giants are bad. And they keep investing in the offensive line. It's not working. They they invested so much in the offensive line, they didn't do anything to help Daniel Jones. Not that he looked good last night either. But when he was able to get like a half second of protection, he looked like shit. And all, the other times, he literally couldn't do anything. So just a mixed bag of garbage throughout the entire night for the Giants, which I kind of love. But too many primetime games for the Giants. But Eric, we do, as we're going to talk about, I think get a really fun Thursday night game this week. This so. is um, one of the teams that were in that was in the bad team shootout of the week in week four. We get another chance at another bad team <laughs> shootout on Thursday night between these two. And I am excited for this one. Um, I obviously, if you're watching this, you know probably that I'm heavily invested into Washington. And Sam Howell, and that's been a little bit of a roller coaster so far, but uh, generally speaking, it's been fine. And the Bears were a train wreck, of course, until they got uh, Denver to come to town, who everybody just lays the smackdown on, at least on offense. Of course, the Bears found a way to lose 31 to 28. But Thursday night football, uh, I don't think most of America is very excited about this game, but I'm genuinely excited about this game. And I think there's going to be a lot of fantasy points like is it necessarily going to go how we were hoping? I don't know, but <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I probably not would be the answer to that. It does any Bears game ever go how you're hoping? Uh, does any Ron Rivera game ever go how you're hoping? Probably not, but I think it's not knock on wood. I, mean, I need to knock on wood before I say this after last night, but I, I, I don't I don't think we're going to get like last night's game. There's going to be some form of fun, even if it's a little disappointing, like a lot of Thursday night games are. I think this one will be fun for fantasy, and I would want to have players in it uh, heading into this week for sure. Well, it has two of the most drafted wide receivers of two of the three from that fifth round area that I loved, right? It was McLaurin for most of the summer, DJ Moore, and they're playing each other this coming Thursday night. And I am pretty pumped for it. I just... I. It's one of those games where it's like, do I want this on the main slate for DFS purposes or do I want this as an island game just for like something fun to watch on Thursday night? Because you can't have it both ways, right? You can't have all the fun games on the main slate and then complain about the bad games. So right. I'm I'm pretty pumped about it. So I, I just think it's going to be a fun game. I don't know what I'm rooting for other than fantasy best ball points and all that fun stuff. One thing I know we're a best ball show and we're, we're talking mostly about this from the folks who have, you know, kind of drafted best ball teams all summer. Of course, you know, if you're managed leagues or whatever, it's applicable as well. Um, not so much a sports betting show, but I do like to use our partner site scores and odds to kind of use the games as a chronological uh, display on the screen. And I did notice this earlier. Now it's moved up from 42 and a half to 44 and a half, but I still like the over on this game. I think that both of these defenses are not very good. Washington is reasonably good against the run and has a reasonable pass rush. So that's a small concern, but uh, I don't have it offhand, but it was uh, somebody that I saw. I don't know if it was Kyle Dvorak or somebody, but anyway, somebody that we know posted on Twitter or something about the two defense or like the top, our bottom five defenses in terms of like EPA per play and like explosive plays allowed and like all that kind of stuff. And these two, we all knew the bears would be there, but Washington has been there as well. And the past defense has been a leak for them for a little while. Now they drafted all those incredible pass rushers, right. Uh, for like five years. 
and those guys are good, but they don't have anybody that can cover really. Right, right. Um, we saw that against AJ Brown last week. So I, I like this game. I like this game for everybody, except maybe, you know, we got a really nice Khalil Herbert game last week against Denver. I, I he's the one guy I wouldn't be counting. I mean, I never want to count on Cole Komet either, but at least I think he's probably got some outs to have a good one, but it, it's kind of wheels up for everybody else in, in this game. It's a, it's a great week to have these guys, especially as some, some very notable teams go on by, um, which we'll talk about as well. There are teams on by, you know, having guys on as these bye weeks come through that are just healthy and maybe running into a decent spot, even though they're not the total smashes for the first month, right? It's B Rob is not a chain, right? And Terry McLaurin is not, Keenan Allen or whatever. But when you run into the, like, this is going to like it, it, we haven't had buys yet. These buys coming, it's going to change everything over the course of the next two months. And it's hard to really understand how much it matters and how thin your teams get, like just how crazy thin they get, especially when like, say you had a chargers team, the chargers have been great, right? You you're, you've been banking on the chargers. If you had them and say a chain and whatever Kyron, and you've been counting on those guys, you don't have the chargers and you maybe what if you don't get a big a chain and Kyron week, right? All of a sudden you lose a lot of points to other teams and these bears, Washington, um, some of these other teams in good spots can make it up really, really fast when the buys hit. Cause you don't have all your artillery artillery behind you to make it up in, you know, in a down week. Yeah. And I also was looking at some of my best ball teams earlier today and one of my highest scoring teams I don't remember who the other backs are, but it has Nick Chubb and it also has J.K. Dobbins. Still <laughs> one of my highest scoring teams. But to your point, I think like Roshan Johnson's on that team or something like that. And so it's the perfect example of like if this team is still going to try to squeak through, which it needs everything it can to squeak through. But when you're missing those guys, these are the type of weeks and the type of matchups that you need. And I usually don't like the over on Thursday night games, but for right. everything you said. Plus the fact that not only are their defenses bad, but these offenses are prone to turning the ball over. So we're going to get some short fields. Like that's why I would like the over in this game. So I think, I think people look at this game and kind of hold their nose a little bit. And I think it's just, you're sort of indoctrinated, indoctrinated. Jesus, I can't talk. I just did so much voiceover. Um, you're prone to thinking that the Bears have a good defense, right? Because they had a good defense for like 30 years of our lives. And you think Washington's defense is pretty good, but buddy, they're not. And yep. it's going to be a high scoring game, I think. Yep. I think so too. And this is Carlos brings up not to, sorry, Carlos, we, we, we're, we're, we're sad for your, your Mike Williams teams. Of course, that was a really unfortunate, obviously out for the year injury for Mike Williams. Everybody is, is feeling that, but this is like, the exact point a teams that are there are teams doing well with mike williams there are teams doing well with nick chubb there are teams doing well with jk dobbins i mean most of my best teams across literally every site have jk dobbins on them obviously not because of him it's just he is he's high owned in my teams so you know i got kyron and puka on those teams what a keenan on those teams so they've been you know carried um these hurt players whatever you like then you have these guys that are then also going to go on by 
right? So you have Carlos has a bunch of really good teams that have Mike Williams on them. Now, maybe what if they were a Herbert Keenan, Mike Williams team, right? It's like, yeah. oh shit, man. Now you <laughs> lost your fifth round quarterback, your third round wide receiver and your fourth or fifth round wide receiver. And I know that Mike Williams is not coming back, but these things are going to start compounding. And so it feels like, and maybe I'm coping a little bit because I have like the stone average advance rate across all, all sites. Drafters is going pretty well, but you know, in terms of advance rate across underdog and DraftKings, it's just totally meh for me so far. But like your teams can make up ground really fast from now through week 13. And it's important to keep that in mind because everybody else is going to like I got hit, I believe, really, really early with some really brutal hits to the portfolio. Uh, namely J.K. Dobbins, right? E- Evan Hall was a last round guy, but he gets knocked out right away. It's like little little chinks in the armor early on. But now it's like, okay, now kind of my teams that are okay and alive are fine. They may not be advancing right now, but they're fine. And then I got all this trash at the bottom. <laughs> you know, all these teams that are already down in 10th, 11th, 12th and have no chance of coming back. But like it starts to stabilize and the good drafters, which I believe if you're watching this, you know, Rob and I believe that we are, if you're watching this, you are, if you're in our discord, which there's a link in the description, you can like start to really extrapolate your edge for these next two months, because this is when being a good draft, right? Winning the first four weeks is just like, dude, did you draft a chain? <laughs> you know, did you draft a chain and did you draft Keenan Allen? Did you draft, did, did you not get the one Oh two and get Jamar chase, right? Did you not get the one Oh six and right, get Travis right. Kelsey? Like that little stuff is what is really driving everything right now the rest of the way here as buys hit are when we're really going to start to see okay did you construct good teams that can withstand this whole gauntlet of a season and be ready for the playoffs so, and this is what we talked about week one whenever because it's going to happen every year people start victory lapping like crazy after week one and i remember saying on the on this show or the other the monday night show Let's just wait till the bye week start hitting. Let's see how much victory lapping is happening at that point because that's when your teams really start to matter to everything you just said. So I'm excited for the bye weeks because I'm excited for people to start getting dunked on. <laughs> that is that is uh, definitely true. Um, speaking of being dunked on, the NFL has this thing about dunking on the London. This is a game is in London, correct? Uh, Bills, yeah. Jaguars. Yeah. We send the Jags over there all the time and they only play their good games uh back here uh you know uh in the states we do however get a fun game because they draw the bills so one of the maybe the best london game theoretical london game that we have seen so far between buffalo and jacksonville what i will say is buffalo's defense continues to look really good um it wasn't totally perfect at the very you know obviously the the loss to the jets was not uh awesome but that wasn't solely on the defense josh allen played really bad right had the uh special teamer uh hard knocks kid make a big play a little little bit of a fluky game in week one but kind of ever since then the bills just come out been largely laying the smack down even on the dolphins um while the jaguars have been a little disappointing and so i'm i'm you know the, the jags are talented on offense it could be fine but I'm more so just bullish on continuing bills that I have in, on my teams here in this one. And uh, just a little so-so on the Jaguars. They just haven't all really put, put it together aside from like a half against the Colts, basically. Like even last week, the win against the Falcons was kind of just Falcons incompetence, not not Jaguars winning that game. So a uh, little, little bit more excited for the bills here. But at least we're getting a decent London game. What do you like on this one? 
Well, they better get it together this game. And to your point, the Bills are playing better defense, but they lost Tredavious White yep. for the season. Good so the Jaguars better put it together this game because the Bills are still going to score points. So we're talking about make or break weeks. I know if they go to two and three, especially in that division, it's not like a theoretical break for the Jaguars, but it almost feels like they're never going to really get it together the way they're supposed to, if they don't get it together this week in a week that they just, I think they have to look good. Even if they lose, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I agree. I agree. I totally agree with that. It's not, we'll get to the Bengals. It's not the Bengals where it's absolute must win, because like you said, I believe everyone's two and two in that division, even the Colts and the Titans, obviously the Texans also, all two and two. So, you know, the season is certainly not decided today, but I think in terms of um, not team morale, I'm not getting out the freaking pom-poms or whatever, but you know what I mean? Like the, in terms of things got to start to come together. It's kind of how I felt about the Ravens before this past week was like, the the season's going to be fine. And I'm not going to ever like turn off the light for them, but we got to start to see some progression here, you know, eventually. And I think we're, we're inching towards that for the Jags. They can still turn it on at some point. That's how the NFL seasons go, but you do want to start to see, like come out and compete a little bit with Josh Allen, um, as opposed to like, they didn't really compete that much with the chiefs and they got the shit beat out of them by the Texans. So you kind of got to step it up a little bit here. I want, I'd like to see that. Yeah, I agree. And then we move on to the other team that played in London last week. And I don't have a lot of Bijan bags in best ball. I was grabbing some guys around him, and this is the week that it's going to hurt me. I think (laughs) Bijan is going to go. I know the Texans have been playing better, but I think that after that game in London last week, they should have been in that game more than they were. And I think Arthur Smith is probably not going to fully unleash Bijan to like a 100% workload or anything. They're not going to get rid of the Algier stuff. But I think that you might see a little bit more Bijan this week, like maybe like a 65%, 60% share for him and kind of flip Algier just a little bit. I didn't look at the numbers last week, but I think you're going to I think you're going to get that quintessential Bijan game where you get the highlights of his rookie year. You're going to see a lot against this Texas team. Yeah, the Texans also lost another offensive lineman. I believe that's six. Uh, so the starting Crazy. five and, and another a backup Kendrick Green, I believe one of their guards got hurt today in practice or got or or they got diagnosed today or whatever towards meniscus, I think. So just, you know, the Texans kind of keep CJ Stroud and the Texans keep pulling that rabbit out of the hat. But like it's not going to happen every single week. And the Falcons do have not a awesome defense, but I, I kind of say this every week, probably ev- every show, but it's because I I it's not just even a belief. I think it's pretty much factual is that they have a really talented roster and the defense is actually better than you think that it is in terms of all of their talent. And so, uh, you know, eventually things are not going to go perfect for the Texans. Although, you know, I I wouldn't be like, I'm not like upset about having CJ Stroud and Nico Collins and all that. But as you said, I think the story here is more so um, on the Falcon side. A, if you have Bijan, this is a great week to have Bijan on your teams and B I don't think that this is like make or break necessarily for Desmond Ritter and Drake London and Kyle Pitts, but we're getting close. There has to be something better, right? Mm -hmm. Like this Desmond Ritter doesn't have to set the world on fire and become (laughs) kind of CJ Shroud or whatever on the other side, but we got to, we got to play better. 
And if you have Ritter, like I drafted Ritter, if you have this guy, you know, on the, as your QB2, QB3, whatever on best ball teams, you would like for him to hang on to the job, of course, even if he's not scoring points, you still would like to have that additional out to a quarterback score. And I think these are the kinds of games he just has to play better to give a little bit of stability. These are the games where Marcus Mariota did not play better. They won in spite of him. And you can't have that with Ritter because they will eventually go away from him because they're not going to fall out of this division race. And so just want to see some, some more from Ritter, obviously Pitts London. Uh, but I think Bijan, the other last thing about this with Bijan, and technically I guess Damian Pierce on the other side, is that running back is so ungodly bad this week, like at the, at the high end. Um, there is Bijan and CMC Eckler, you know, on, on by, even if he was going to be back is, is on by, and then CMC and Pollard play each other. Uh, let me scroll down to, I think it's Monday night or Sunday night, Sunday night, Sunday night, right? Yeah. They, they, they play each other. So not on the DFS main slate, but like both awesome defenses. So those two guys can, yeah. can, can do well in any game. Right. Um, but it's like, in terms of nuclear ceilings this is probably not the spot for those two guys and so like you start running out of running backs here you know what i mean like there's not a lot of run our boy kyron is in a pretty tough matchup with the eagles and like you just between injuries buys in a couple bad matchups running backs really thin so you know either if you have Bijan, he could be someone that helps separate you this week or if you have you know zero running back builds you might be enjoying those this week because i'm not sure there's gonna be a lot of running backs going well, speaking of bad running backs, Jameer Gibbs is playing in the next game against the <laughs> Carolina Panthers. So if you want to continue on that that path of bad running backs, look, he's he's just – I don't think he's going to be what we want him to be this year no matter what. You're going to need the, the David Montgomery-like season-long injury to even get close to it. And I think if we read the tea leaves before the season, we kind of would have known that. I kind of played it that way where I was playing, you know, the, I was playing Gibbs on DraftKings, but I wasn't playing him on underdog just because I was hoping for some PPR stuff. But I think it's just, I don't know. And is this like even a great spot for him? It feels like another Montgomery spot, right? I think so. I think so. Uh, That's what I was going to bring up first. I'm talking about all the running backs kind of being in in bad spots. And I think this is David Montgomery is one of the few bright spots in terms of running backs for the week, just to rehash. I totally agree with you with, with Gibbs. And I think it's one of those things where it was really just a price thing, a site based thing, as you mentioned, and, and an archetype thing, which kind of all those things are a little bit tied, tied together where, look, I think Jameer Gibbs is really good. I think he's going to be good. I think when he like, you know, when he's getting the ball, he looks explosive. Um, I think he's going to be, have a long career as a, as a talented NFL back. But the problem is we got a little bit out over our skis because of how high the Lions took him. And and I don't say we, I don't mean we as in you or anybody watching. I mean, we as an entire market, it's the fantasy football market, plopping him into the like late third round because of the archetype-based thing. He is and was always going to be kind of not gadget is not the right word. Right. But like maybe souped up DeAndre Swift in how they use DeAndre Swift, like get a little more, maybe more, more carries and, and stuff in between the tackles. Cause they hated running Swift so much, yeah. but generally speaking, his upside is going to be in some explosive runs and pass catching. And so there's going to be a lot of bad weeks when that's your outcome, right? Because you get what happened last week, 
if they're playing from ahead, you get 30 David Montgomery carries because they're not going to do that to Jameer Gibbs. That's not his role. That's not what he does best. They don't give a shit about David Montgomery, dude. <laughs> Load him. That's what he's there for is to get put him on. Come here for two years, buddy. We're going to feed you a, a lot of carries and your career is probably going to be over. But whatever, you're going to make money while you're here. And so, um, yeah, it just is what it is. He has outs like you said, with a David Montgomery injury, but I think that's mostly about it. Other thing, um, two things on this game, Panthers um, mentioned today that they want to trade for an elite level wide receiver one, which is like fucking hilarious. Like no shit. Wow. Like, like, like <laughs> what, what did you think? Like did, did who was someone in the building, like not thinking that they needed a wide receiver one. Like I thought that this was a given your wide receivers are Adam Thielen, DJ Jark and Terrace Marshall. Like I, I thought that everybody knew that you guys needed a wide receiver one. Like, and why are you going to trade for one? You're Oh, and four. Like I, I just, the Panthers are a bizarre team. Uh, maybe Bryce Young will get better, but I'm not sure that he's the answer right now. Certainly not with the weapons that they have spending the money on Miles Sanders and all this they're they're a mess. I don't see it getting better for them. So to all trading? that point, Demont, Demont is the guy in this one. Yeah, Demont's definitely the guy. Oh, what about Jamison Williams? By the way, yep, that's the other thing. How how, how excited play? are well? How excited are you? Even if he doesn't play him a lot this week, that your that his suspension got like lifted to only four games. I know you were slamming him in drafts at least early in the season. Mm-hmm. I was a bit, and then I got scared off. And I as I thought about it more. Clearly wasn't taking him on drafters too, too right. much, if at all. But now it's like, shit, maybe that was a mistake in the sense that, I mean, but how would we have known that they were going to reduce and change these rules too, right? It's, it's very tough. I, I was uh, hammering him before the suspension. I, I drafted him sparingly after the suspension. But as you said, basically, I don't even know if I drafted him on drafters, maybe an auto pick here or there or something. Um, but as you said, I am totally fine with that process. I have no idea how we would know that the NFL was going to change their rules and retroactively go back and unsuspend guys and whatever. It just is a funny, uh, just a funny part of the game, but I am excited about those, those teams. I didn't buy the dip as much as maybe I should have, but it's also because we are playing the portfolio game and I didn't want to have like (laughs) 60% Jamison Williams and he misses the first six weeks and who knows, you know, we still don't know exactly what his role is going to be because obviously uh, we don't exactly know how much they love Jamison Williams. There's been a little bit of negative sentiment, but I would be very, I'm very excited for my Jamison Williams teams. And as you know, Jonathan is saying here, I think everyone should be excited for Jamison Williams because regardless of like kind of how much he plays and stuff, it feels very Marvin Mimsy to me where he may not even play a ton right away, but the team needs his skill set, like in the worst way, they don't have field stretchers. They don't have anybody that can make big plays in the passing game or at all. Honestly, David Montgomery is a grinder. I love Amon Ra and Laporta, but they're like intermediate short to intermediate guys. They need, Jamison Williams skill set. So it's it's all lined up pretty well. I'm really excited uh to watch him play. We'll see how like I, I think it'll be a gradual thing, but uh, uh especially since I'm sure they weren't planning, they weren't planning on playing him. They just found out that he the suspending suspension got cut back too. So uh we'll see, but I'm excited. Uh I, excited. I was hoping he was gonna be cheaper on DK. He's 4K. I was hoping he was gonna be yeah. like 30, 3200 or something like that. 
Now I got to um, play fucking min price Wandale Robinson instead of JMO <laughs> and get my four catches for 36 yards <laughs> or whatever that I'm going yeah, to get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Next, next game up Titans Colts talked about us uh, some make or break spots last week. Wasn't necessarily a make or break spot for the Titans, but uh, uh, for Derrick Henry drafters, it was probably a little bit of a make or break where he had not looked like Derrick Henry. And I still don't really think he looks like Derrick Henry, but he had not looked like Derrick Henry. He had not produced from a fantasy uh, sense like Derrick Henry up until last week and does so in a pretty good game, throws a touchdown. Uh, very strange, but throws a touchdown, runs for a touchdown, has a pretty good game for fantasy. Uh, while not uh, a super tough matchup, actually, I think this is a smidge tougher matchup uh, for him here against Indy. They're not terrible against the run. I know they gave up a decent game to Kyron, but a um, little bit tougher spot here. I, I think if you have, here's a guy, a bounce back guy that I think is also a little bit of make or break time. It's DeAndre Hopkins in this one. I think all your Colts, you're probably pretty happy with, right? AR, you're definitely happy with. If you have Zach Moss, you're happy. Uh, Michael Pittman's been totally fine. Josh Downs, fine, whatever. I guess Alec Pierce has been useless, but um, pretty much everybody else, uh, you know, uh, on the Titans, like it's time, the passing game, like it's time. Like this is the spot. This is the spot that everybody torches through the air. We don't know if Burks will be back. And so it's like, if Nuke and, and Chig are not going to do it this week, like when are they actually like, like, I don't yeah. know when they're going to do it. So this week's a pretty big, big, big one for those guys. I think. I just was looking at the Titan schedule because I thought for some reason they had like one of the worst schedules in the league and it's not too terrible. So I must have been thinking about somebody else. Yeah, they got they got to show you something offensively more so than they've done all year. The Cincinnati game was fine. Derrick Henry throwing touchdown passes. Maybe that's the answer because fucking Ryan Tannehill's not doing it. Oh, he, so. It's over. It's <laughs> over. And I drafted some Tanny too. I know you weren't, but uh I drafted some Tanny too because that, that that is the that is the problem with the late round quarterback strategy is you end up with teams with all these losers, uh, Ritter and Tannehill and all these guys. But uh, and uh, Fade Baker yeah. Mayfield, which was the actual right play yeah, for the, the one you should have, the only one that uh, you should have <laughs> drafted. But uh, yeah, uh, too much. Uh, shout out. That's why I'm excited for Sam Howell. As you could, why am I so excited for Thursday Night Football? It's because Howell's got to save all these Ritter, Tannehill, <laughs> crappy teams uh, that I got there. Um, I am yeah. hoping Burks comes back though. It doesn't feel very good. Like man, I don't. Is it ever going to happen for Traylon Burks? I, I I don't know. It's a knee, with, but I don't know what's going on. What do we? What's the deal with with JT in that game? Is he oh, supposed yeah. to be coming back? That's the other big thing. He's practicing tomorrow. So we're recording this on a Tuesday. If you're listening to the audio or watching it back, we're uh, supposed to practice on Wednesday. What does that mean? <laughs> I, I, the rep- it could not be possibly be more murky, like all the reporting <laughs> and everything. It's like, yeah. okay, he's totally healthy. He's coming back to practice, and they haven't ruled out that he's playing this week. On the other side, he still hates the Colts. He still doesn't want to play for them, and he still wants to be traded. It's like, those two things could not be more polar, like opposing each other, you know, opposing ideologies. So like, how does any of this make any sense? He hates them. He wants to be traded, but he's going to go out there on Sunday and play like, and they're going to risk him getting hurt. Like I, maybe. And like, I have, a, I have some good JT teams actually, but like it, it, none of it makes any sense. I do hope he plays, but pff, your guess yeah. is as good as mine something to monitor coming up. And then we have this fun game where I just vomited because 
I'm probably going to have to play a $5,800 Daniel Jones in DFS this <laughs> week against the Dolphins. I knew we were going to get to that one. Oh, I'm looking God. for anything else. I'm looking for any anything else because so Miami, this is the uh, stoppable force meeting the movable object right here in that the Dolphins defense is terrible and gives up points to everyone. Um, and we know that they're going to score. That's not that's not an issue. Uh, the Giants defense is also not anything special, even if we were worried about the Dolphins offense. The problem is, are the Giants in Bengals? Um, I'm trying to think of other you know, Saints, whatever. Are they in that territory where it's like it, the matchup doesn't matter? Like it doesn't. So for anybody that's playing college football, that plays college football DFS, Iowa, the Iowa Hawkeyes, Iowa football is constantly on these college football slates. And they're like really insanely cheap across the board. And people will talk themselves into them uh, in good matchups. But it's like they are truly so bad on offense that it nothing matters. Like they're playing a Purdue team this week who gives up a million points. I, I, I'm feeling like that about the Giants. And I don't it's it's definitely some bias from last night, but also this is three out of four, get 3.5 out of four games. They've had one good half when they fell down by a million against the Cardinals. Like, I guess this would talk about make or break. Yeah. They don't need to win this game, but they sure as hell got to play better. They got to score some points and we can't have Daniel set Daniel Jones getting sacked 11 or 12 times or whatever it was. Yeah. They, they, I, I know I'm going to play Daniel Jones this week because they're going to have to put up some offensive production, but to your point, this is the make or break, make or break week for the Giants' offense for sure. The upside for Daniel Jones rushing though is just there. But my my concern from a best ball perspective is if they don't do well this game, like again to your point, they don't have to win. They're playing the freaking Dolphins in Miami, um, but they need to look like something. And if they don't look like something. They just paid Daniel Jones all this money, but are they just are they going to end up sitting him late in the year to protect him because of that? Like I don't know. (laughs) So look at this. If it doesn't go well here, like um, imagine if they didn't make that comeback against the Cardinals. Yeah. Here's the schedule: Dolphins this week at the Dolphins this week at the Bills next week. That ain't going to go well. (laughs) By the way, they sacked uh, they sacked Sam Howell nine times. Then you get Sam Howell, who is theoretically a winnable game because the commanders are not that good, but guess what? The commander's strength is on defense. <laughs> yep. Pass rush. Yep. <laughs> the pa- pass rush jets. How are they going to score on the jets? I'm not saying the jets and Zach Wilson are going to light them up, but how are they going to score on the jets? Okay. Raiders. Here we go. Okay. We've made it to week, whatever nine. And we got our <laughs> second winnable. We got our second winnable game against yeah. the Raiders Cowboys. We saw that song and dance already back to the commanders. Patriots suck on offense, but good defense. I know Matthew Judon went down uh this week yeah yeah so maybe maybe that one's like possibly winnable saints packers okay but by that time if we get to those patriots packers saints games and we got one win (laughs) does it matter like are we gonna trot out daniel jones and saquon and those guys like (sighs) i don't know man i don't i I don't know eagles twice and aaron donald round out the last three games (laughs) we're we're hoping we're hoping to get to week 17 and it's like how are any of these how's daniel jones gonna survive this gauntlet with behind that offensive line so i am i'm i'm worried i'm worried about no wonder they paid him 40 million dollars a year (laughs) they were like you're gonna get massacred 
that's for the agent, whole season. <laughs> his agent went to practice and saw the offensive line and was like, guys, if you want him to stick around, otherwise I'm going to leak how bad your offensive line is. You're never going to get a quarterback <laughs> to come in here. So, and you're going to lose a lot of games and none of those rookies, you know, all the rookies are going to pull the Eli Manning or whatever, where they don't, they refuse to go play for, he refused to play for the chargers, but uh, the Waddle it's game a, this week, right? I, I mean, you, you tell me when a Waddle game is going to happen. Um, <clears throat> I sir, I sure can't figure it out. It feels like uh, Mike McDaniel is a squeaky wheel. I know he's it's not squeaky wheel. He didn't, he didn't complain or anything like that, but we just haven't, we just haven't had a, a real big Waddle game uh, yet. Tons of Tyreek and the running backs, but uh feels like one of those to me feels like like Tyreek go take it you know Tyreek you can get your six for a hundred let me I'll take you know I'll take it from there you know uh type of a game Daniel Jones with Wandale or Darren Waller with a with a Waddle bring back these the the DFS slate is going to be so (laughs) brutal because you have to click some really bad uh we'll get to Johnny's Johnny's in the chat talking about building Zach Wilson teams and We'll get there. Um, it's, it's not it's, it's not crazy, which tells you everything you need to know about this week five uh, slate of games. Uh, speaking of everything you need to know about this week five slate of games, there's nothing you need to know about New Orleans Saints and oh, New England the, Patriots. The Spider-Man uh, meme game. <laughs> just <laughs> if Derek Carr, I mean, if Derek Carr is not healthy <clears throat> like he was last week, I, I can't imagine that there's a useful fantasy performance on either side of, of this game. Ramondre is in a timeshare with Zeke and they can't run or score anyway. None of the wide receivers are explosive enough, and the Saints have a decent defense. And I know the Patriots are banged up, but, like, if Derek Carr can't yeah, throw. So Derek Carr. <laughs> yeah, if, if, Derek, if Derek Carr can't throw and they're just going to check it down all the time, like, you know, um, I'm feeling pretty bummed about Olave because Olave was looking not, like, amazing. But um, we talked about the elite quarterbacks and, like, okay, who were the guys you had to sacrifice if you wanted to get the elite quarterbacks? And like Olave was one of the like somewhat bright spots, not like smashing, but he had a good start. He was off to a good start. And now it's like, oh God, this looks this this looks terrible because Derek Carr is going to tough it out through this injury. I don't know. I don't have much on this game. Yeah, there's not much to say about that game at all, to be honest. Kamara, maybe. Yeah, yeah. You should. I mean, you should be excited about Kamara given his given his role. But like, like we said, he had to get 14 targets to score 20 fantasy points. Like he had to get 14 targets to get 33 receiving yards. Like that's you can't. We talked about it last night, but you can't count on that. Like that's and that's not going to happen here in this Patriots. I don't even want the defenses. The defenses are going to be gross in this game. No, it's going to be runs and checkdowns. The the game's going to be over in an hour and a half. An hour yeah. and a half or something. Uh, maybe, maybe I will go then if I can get out of there and catch the second half of the other one o'clock games. Yeah, I like the under 40 and a half. <laughs> there we go. Um, okay. Another uh, doozy of a game. Ravens go to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. Kind of a tale of two, two different teams. Not that the Ravens are like totally excelling, but a nice reasonable bounce back last week in particular for Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. Probably the two guys that everybody here needed the most. If you were drafting Ravens stacks or anything like that, like I certainly was. And we needed that one last week, two touchdowns to Mark Andrews and Lamar running like a madman. Again, on the flip side, you have the Steelers. I know Pickett's going to try to play, but <laughs> now we're talking about Kenny Pickett on one leg against a pretty decent defense. No Deontay Johnson still 
Pat Fryermuth uh, pulled his hammy. It was mentioned he was doubtful to play already, which assuredly means he's not playing if they're basically saying it on Tuesday. It's bad. This It's bad for the Steelers. I know they're two and two, but it's bad for the Steelers right now. And you can see what the market thinks about this game and even lower total than the Patriots Saints games uh, Saints game at 38 and a half. So tough times you... for the Steelers, but uh, I am looking up. I'm feeling good about like Lamar Andrews or whatever. Did you make money on the Ravens last week? Because the one bet that I made sure I got in for parlays was Ravens money line like early in the week because they were dogs to Cleveland mm-hmm. who Deshaun Watson was like questionable all week. And I'm just yep. watching the line. and I'm just like, I'm just going to bet the Ravens straight up with some of these um, other bigger spreads and just, you know, print money. And that's exactly what I did. I'm upset I didn't get the Ravens at the two and a half open line on this one. That seems yep. like it's good money there. So I I think I think the problem for best ball for DFS in this one is the Ravens are just going to control this game. You <clears throat> might see a lot of Gus Edwards second, yep. uh, you know, second half type stuff. Like last they week. Go, yeah. It might be the same type of game. And the Ravens just aren't getting pushed yet. So I think you could still get there with Lamar, but I think you're looking for it like immediately. Like if you're mm-hmm. not seeing Lamar score right away, if you're seeing a – like if the Ravens opening drive ends up being a Gus Edwards or Justice Hill or whoever or Latavius Murray rushing touchdown, I think Lamar teams are going to be dead immediately at that point because they're just going to like lay on top of the Steelers and that's going to be the game. Right. That's the thing that happened last week was you got uh, a rushing touchdown and two passing touchdowns. They scored 24, 24 points, I believe, uh, last week. And Lamar accounted for all of them, including rushing. So you get there, right? They only threw 19 passes last week. Now, they didn't run a lot of plays, actually. So it wasn't it wasn't just that they didn't throw a lot, but they were ahead and they were not being pushed by DTR at all. And, you know, if it's Mitch Trubisky, which I'm still kind of guessing it'll be Mitch Trubisky. I just can't imagine running your franchise quarterback out there. Uh, uh, you're two and they're two and two. They're not zero and four. Like if, if you lose this one, you're probably expected to lose this one. Even if Pickett plays, I can't imagine he plays. But we shall see. That's why we play the games. But uh, yeah, I think like you said, Ravens can get there, but it's got to be efficient, a little bit more efficiency than volume. You know, it, it can be volume related when they play some of the the more high powered offenses um to God, not that under I, moved a ton huh three points on the under already moved on that on where were we oh the yeah. ravens still 41 and a half oh. yeah the the ravens offense isn't exactly blowing the doors off anybody right. and then you put trubisky in there and no deontay <laughs> johnson it's a brutal 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 offensive environment and speaking of that lots yeah. of these we're moving a lot quicker than we have most of these weeks because we don't have any fun games <laughs> to talk about this week. But the next one, Bengals, Cardinals. But this is definitely kind of show title of make or break weeks. Talked about this a lot last night. This is, to me, the biggest maker, more than the Giants, because the Giants didn't have Super Bowl expectations, right? Like, I know they made the playoffs last year. I know they had. They, it was a little bit of a – but they were never really – 
it was a crazy awesome year for them. If you're a fan of the giants, it wasn't really a serious, serious contender. And I don't think anybody thought they were this year. They're building something with Brian Dayball there. Now it's not <laughs> somebody, uh, you know, accidentally ran into the house with a, with a pickup truck or something over the off season and they got to rebuild it <laughs> after this year, but they're, they're in the midst of a building process. Whereas the Bengals are in the Super Bowl window. Right. This is they may yeah. not have T Higgins forever. You, you know, you just paid Joe Burrow. So it's going to be a lot harder to build a good team around him. You're going to have to pay Jamar Chase. Things are going to get tougher for the Bengals. And if they can't pull this one out, they're three point road favorites against the Cardinals. And from a best ball and fantasy football perspective, if they cannot score some fucking points against the Cardinals, I mean, I don't. I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how it turns around. You know, I know Joe Burrow will eventually get healthier, but like it may be too little too late by then. If, if they, if they're not physically capable of scoring points this week, I know T is hurt um, trying to push the play apparently with a, with some broken ribs uh, that tells you about everything you need to know about how things are going out there in Cincinnati. I think the guy, the guy's got broken ribs and he's trying to play. That's it. This is it. This is, this is make or break. This is the definition of it. And if it doesn't go well here, the bags on the Bengals would feel are going to feel a l- even heavier than they already do. Yeah, well, we're finding every single spot that I'm going to go broke this week. So we're going to have, <laughs> I'm going to have some sort of single entry Daniel Jones team, maybe the early only, and then maybe in the afternoon only, or maybe the double spy. I'll do the Joe Burrow doubles. I see Johnny in the chat asking about Tyler Boyd, who I you know I like as a cheap secondary stack for joe burrow this week we see this line movement a ton i'm probably gonna have a joe burrow double team it's probably just gonna happen it just makes sense in terms of everything you just said and i'm probably gonna even bet on the Bengals now that the spread's only three points and that might even move down more i might see if i can get it at two and a half in a day or two uh i'm gonna be Eric, I'm going to go broke this Sunday. I At know least it. you know. At least you know that it's <laughs> happening. Usually, usually, usually when we're gambling, we think like, okay, even when we lost, like, right? You lose in the main slate of DFS, you're going to get it back in showdown or the afternoon slate or, or betting on Sunday night football, right? You lose in, you have a terrible regular season in, in the best ball streets. We're going to get it back in the playoff best ball yeah. contest, right? We're going to get, we're going to get it back. At least you know going in. Like no, we're I, I should probably just wipe my ass with this money. Yeah. But but you know I'm gonna I'm Let's gonna go for it. Five hundred dollars away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Could donate <laughs> this to could donate this to charity, you know, or yeah. or whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I am not as hopeful for the Bengals as you. I I do think it ultimately it just takes blind faith, <clears throat> which is totally reasonable. I think you know they have they have definitely earned some form of uh, a respect over the course of the last few three years, basically uh, that, that they can figure it out. If everything's, you know, everybody's at full strength. The problem is that that is ultimately the problem. The offensive line's not good enough. If Joe Burrow can't move. Um, and, and if Joe Burrow, you know, can't plant on his foot and really let it rip down the field. And if the defense is not worried about him letting it rip down the field, there's just this crazy cascading, you know, this ripple effect. If, if Joe Burrow's not ready to roll. And so, that's it. If you have blind faith that it like eventually this is the week and it might be, it might be. And if you uh, uh, got a tinfoil hat on like Rob does thinking the NFL is not going to let the Bengals go to one and four, then uh, that, that also they're not, they're not going to let them go to one and four. They just, <laughs> the NFL can't have it yet. They can't not be a playoff contender. At least the other, the other question Johnny had in the chat was, are we going to see you 
October 20th in Plymouth, Mass. And I would say there's probably a 0% chance that we're going to get Eric to Plymouth, Massachusetts at the end of October this year. What is what is the 20th? A, you're correct. There's a 0% chance. But B, <laughs> what, I guess I should have waited until I know what it is. But uh, uh, what is in the, on the 20th? We have a brewery up here that is throwing a gigantic um, party for our 100th episode for Hometown Ghost Stories. Oh, that's so, awesome big celebration so i don't think you'll see eric but i'm not gonna say a name but there's a chance you might see another well-known best ball influencer at the event not a guarantee but you might best ball and ghosts the the perfect marriage as we all yeah it works out so well the crossover is huge (laughs) yeah we're definitely sending each other lots of business Uh, (laughs) The best ball bros are listening to ghost stories and the ghost people are definitely <laughs> subscribing for best ball tools. Yeah. Yep. Uh, perfect uh, marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of uh, <laughs> uh, a, a perfect, perfect marriage, two teams that we would have thought would be going in totally stone opposite directions that are somewhat going in, in the same direction, the Eagles and the Rams where Cooper cup may be coming back. We talked about the JT like awkwardness of the reporting. It's the same thing for Cooper cup. I, I, I should have pulled up the tweet, but it was a bulleted list by one of the reporters or something that said something along the lines of Cooper cup is only somewhere eight or they want him to be 80 to 90% before he plays in a game, which a feels weird. No one ever actually says that quiet part out loud. Usually they say we want him to be a hundred percent, but then they said like a couple other things like, Oh, his injury wasn't as bad as we thought he's going to practice this week. Um, you know, a couple other things. And they were like all contradictory. It was like, he's not fully healthy, but he's going to practice. He, you know, he needs to do this, but we we're still hopeful he's going to play. It's like, I don't understand anything after I just read that. So is he hurt? <laughs> is he 70%? Like, what are you talking about? He can't play. Better you know? than and, you thought. He's been out for four yeah, weeks and it was hurt th- longer. He practiced like three times in training camp and he hasn't played football the rest of the time. Like, what yeah. do you mean? Did you think his leg needed to be amputated better than you <laughs> thought? Like, I, it was all so confusing. So I have no, absolutely no idea what's going on with Cooper Cup. We will see if he plays. If you want to get kind of a a somewhat of a a deeper breakdown on what we think Cooper Cup means to the Rams, we did talk a little bit about it last night. Ultimately, you know, if you have Puka on best ball teams, um, you're fine. He's totally fine. And I believe if you have Tutu on your teams, you're totally fine. Of course, this does not impact Kyron. Frankly, Cup is good for Kyron. You want the offense to get better for Kyron. Um, Van Jefferson (laughs) hasn't done anything yet. Probably a big old coffin for uh, for Van Jefferson when Cooper Cup comes back. But, I mean, the expectations should be held in check for Puka uh, in particular with Cup back. I think he'll be fine, but I don't think you're going to be getting a bunch of 18 target games when Cooper Cup is back. In particular, in this matchup, the Eagles defense can be had through the air, as we saw last week with Washington and as we saw Mac Jones in comeback mode, right? We've seen them. Uh, the Cousins did it to them. They've struggled against the pass. They do still have a good pass rush, which that's really ultimately what has me worried against the Rams because Stafford is hobbled. Um, He was really limping around in the second half of the game on Sunday, and they have a bad offensive line, which is what lost them the game against the Bengals, if you remember. Their left tackle went down, and it looked like Daniel Jones (laughs) last night. Like every time Stafford dropped back, he was just getting crushed. And so if he can't move 
and they can't protect against that pass rush. I have some pretty big concerns about the Rams this week. Um, I think all this negativity that I've had for my DFS teams this week, here's the one that's going to save me and make me a min cash. It's okay, going to be that, the Jalen Hurts, Devonta yeah, Smith, because I've been doing the AJ Brown thing the two weeks that it's I've been hitting the Eagles wide receivers right. So I think this is going to be the Devonta Smith week. So I think a Jalen Hurts, Devonta Smith, I'll figure out my Rams bring back. I don't know who it'll be at this particular moment. Might even be Higby. Higby kind of feels like the bring back, to be honest, on this particular game. And uh, we min cash and we only lose a third of what we put in <laughs> yeah, instead exactly. of exactly instead of all of it. So, exactly. There it is. Um, uh, we do have to mention uh went to the store earlier and bought a carton of milk and Dallas Goddard was on the side of it. Uh <laughs> is he ever gonna, you know, you're the apparently the Eagles whisperer. You you've hit the the big AJ Brown weeks and the big Jalen Hurts weeks. What the heck is going on with Dallas Goddard? I mean, we all can look at the usage and it's bad. I mean, he's playing, he's out there. It's kind of like yeah. Tyler Higg, but he's turned he's morphed into the Tyler Higbees of the world who are out there running routes and blocking. They're just not involved in the offense. I know he had like six targets uh, two weeks ago, but it was like, you know, it was like, he, he he's, he's kind of turned into Zach Ertz, but without the volume, which is like absolutely fucking useless for fantasy. Like he's, he's not getting a bunch of downfield targets. He's not getting volume of targets. Is it going to pop for him? Is it just variance? How do you feel about Dallas Goddard? Cause I know you were, you were kind of heavy on the Eagles. Well, I think you gotta be worried about him. Um... For sure. And I wasn't as big on Dallas Goddard, but like he's still DFS wise, he's 4,200 this week. So he's still like in an unplayable spot because it's almost like you want to go up if you're going to play a higher price tight end because, because then you're looking at like, let's just see real quick. Andrews, but, Waller, Hawkinson, yeah. all not that much more expensive than that. Yeah. It's just he's in no man's land for the tight end position. He's going to have a few games here where he scores a touchdown or whatever, but you're not loving your best ball shares of Dallas Carter right now. It just, no. it's not comfortable. He's going to be one of those guys where you might luck out because the advance rate for tight ends, I don't think is going to be like all on one person. I think it's going to be just no. like kind of spread across the board. Based Somebody on has to scoring. do something for, for, yeah. for one of them to separate, right. you know? Yeah, so there's no separation. So you still might sneak some Dallas Goddard teams through, and then you hope he does stuff in the playoffs. But, you know, other than a few outlier games here and there, I don't think you're going to get much from him. You're not going to get the, the value you paid for him in drafts, that's for sure. Yep, because I totally agree. Oh, God. I don't know if that's me that froze or Rob. I'm just going to talk until that happens. Johnny or somebody in the chat, let me know if it's me that froze or or if it's Rob. Um, I do want to hit Luke's question here. One second, where once I find it, um, Luke Mastronardi. Hopefully, I said that correctly. Fourteen man. Oh my gosh, this is uh. Uh, and insane. you have all of these guys and you're trying to figure out who to start at flex or what is the, what is ultimately the, uh, the, the question here? Let me know in the chat and uh, we can get that straightened out for you. Um, let's start moving on to 
these final couple of games where we got a real, real doozy. Jets, Broncos, and this is where oh, we got Rob back. Maybe. Yes, we got Rob back. Um, I tried to pull a question from Luke in the chat, and he just put a bunch of player names and said any suggestions. So I failed miserably to uh, cover the dead air time. I don't, there. I don't even know what it means. 14 man. And then he just throws a bunch of names. Right. Uh, and, and then says at flex. And I'm like, those and are two, all different two. positions. And <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so I'm not, I'm not sure, but I'm happy to answer your question, Luke. Um, I spam uh, lots of messages sometimes too. Yeah. If I have to pick one of those, I'm going to pick the quarterback. Um, yeah. Play that, play him, play the quarterback. Uh we're on, we're on from, I, I do think Eagles Rams. I'm, I'm fascinated to watch the Rams. Well, of course, if Cooper cup is back, but even if Cooper cup is not back, I'm fascinated to watch the Rams most weeks against the good teams because like they, they showed up and fought the 49ers, which is really impressive, I think. And so like, if they can come out and fight the Eagles, it like gives you a lot of hope. Like you don't want this early season. If you have Kyron, if you have, um, you know, Puka, Tutu, whatever, and you have Cup coming back. You don't want this to be like, a, ah, yeah, but they were, you know, hanging in there with some bad teams. You want them to be able to fight and be staying in like the wild card race till later in the season. And I'm not expecting them to win, of course not, against the Eagles, but like, you don't want to see them turn, you know, go back into their shell. And it's like, oh shit, they just lost 35 to three, you know? So now you know that they can't compete with the good teams type of a thing. And who cannot compete with the good teams? The Denver Broncos. Thank God we got another Denver Broncos on the, uh, an afternoon slate where there's no no other games to watch. Uh, okay, we at least do got Eagle. Look at this afternoon slate. Jesus Christ. Somebody at the NFL, please. It, Bengals, Cardinals. Nobody wants to watch that except Rob because he wants to watch himself lose money. Eagles, Rams. Okay, I'll watch that one. Jets, Broncos. Don't want to watch that one. Chiefs, Vikings. Just make it the two games on the afternoon. <laughs> Send the other two guys, the other teams to London or something like that. The other two games, nobody wants to watch Jets, Broncos. But I do think, obviously, everybody's aware that the Broncos defense is absolutely horrible. And you combine that with the fact that on uh, uh, primetime, pr prime Zach Wilson had a big game. Uh, relatively speaking for him in a tough spot against a, a decent chiefs chiefs defense finally played pretty well, which we discussed at length last night. And if you have Brees, if you have Garrett Wilson, if you have Conklin or Lazard or whatever, even Dalvin, maybe not Dalvin, but if you have any of these guys, you're feeling about as hopeful as you felt <laughs> since the moment that Aaron Rodgers snapped this Achilles, <laughs> you know, a couple snap snaps in into week one, this is the time you're feeling the best and I am, I am hopeful. I have lots of Brees, lots of Garrett Wilson. That's about it, though. Um, but I'm feeling pretty. Too. I'm, I'm feeling pretty, pretty hopeful for the Jets. And so this is not what I would call a make or break. But also, they need to win. They are one and three. They can't come out and lay an egg against the Broncos here. And so I think, I think you're talking. You've mentioned DFS a couple of times. I do like Zach Wilson. You know Garrett Wilson here in this spot. How can you not? But I, I do feel like. The training wheels got to come off Brees at some point. And I'm not saying he's going to play every snap. Most running backs don't, right? Austin Eckler plays like 60% of the snaps. But we we got to stop with the Michael Carter, and we got to stop every time Brees gets a carry, he comes out and Dalvin comes in the next play. Like, we got to give him – he needs to get to like the 60% of the work or something here. And I think it's make or break time for the Jets as a team 
in this matchup. And so I think that means we're going to get more Brees here in this game. And of course they loaded up Will- Garrett Wilson with targets. So I'm, I'm very confident in him moving forward too. Yeah. This feels like the underdog to bet the money line on this week. If we're going to go the betting route, how are I- they dogs? And what am I missing? It's because they're in. It's the three-point thing for the home field advantage. They're just saying they're the same team. So if they were in New York, the Jets would be getting three. You know, I mean, would be giving three as well. I so. disagree with that. I disagree with that market assessment that these two teams are are the same. Trust me, I get Zach Wilson, and it's certainly possible I'm overreacting to the fact that they played well against the Chiefs. I will own that. But I have the Jets roster is awesome, like legit, really good. And the Broncos roster is terrible and they are terrible and they should probably be 0-4. And not probably, they should be they should be 0-4. Uh they just happened to sneak one out against the Bears. So I think it's a pretty good spot here for the Jets. Yeah, this is a tale of two robs for this game. My best ball, Brees Hall shares are screaming with excitement because I'm so happy that he's playing against the Broncos. And I think to your point, they're gonna let him loose a little bit more than they have, and we're gonna see a bunch of Brees Hall. The DFS, Rob, is really sad because I was like, this morning, looking at it, I was like, please, let's just have this Brees Hall thing go under the radar. Nobody say anything. And then I go on X today, and every tweet (laughs) on X I see is, Brees Hall is going to have a breakout game against the Denver (laughs) Broncos. And I'm just like, God, please make it stop. So Brees Hall is going to end up getting owned at an absurdly high number for this week. It's going to be bonkers like in terms of what he should be owned right and i'm gonna end up like debating on if i should play him or fade him and i will ultimately make the wrong call whichever way that is and it's just gonna be sad yeah if if uh obviously we're mostly talking you know best ball and just general season and team team stuff but i will say uh, a uh come check out uh, rotor grinders on sunday mornings i do a sunday morning dfs show on rotor grinders and a Sunday evening, afternoon, whatever you want to call it, uh, show on Sirius XM. So if you have if you have a Sirius XM subscription, you come listen to me for three goddamn hours every every Sunday. I'm sure that's what people want. Just three more hours of me talking football in their ears. But every Sunday, come hang out uh, talking you know DFS and everything. But from a Brees Hall Jets perspective, you know they're in the best spot. They're they're certainly not the best offense, but they're probably in the best spot of the entire slate on Sunday. And so if whichever way people are going to go, because they're going to go to the jet, no one, everybody sees it, right? We're, we're in it 2023. It's not like people are avoiding these kinds of spots. If people are going to go to Brees, I'll just play Zach Wilson and Garrett Wilson or Tyler Conklin or whatever. If people are going to go to Zach Wilson and Garrett Wilson, I'm going to go to Brees and like, I'll, I'll I'll live with that. I'll I'll totally live with those results because I do really like the jets. This was famous. Famous last words, like yeah. just like Rob, Rob back in the Bengals. I'm back in the Jets. What could go wrong? Um, but yeah, I, I am excited in terms of best ball for the Brees Hall thing. I think this is the week. And, I, and I'm not going to go poor this week as we get through this list. Yes. I see that I'm not going to go poor. I'm actually going to make money this week. We got the winner here. Because <laughs> how do I not play Patrick Mahomes this week? Is the question? But um, uh, there's salary cap games. But from a best ball perspective, your chief shares, yeah, oh baby, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> I imagine, I imagine you have some Mahomes with Jefferson. Oh, and, buddy, do uh, I? You know, uh, we talked all, uh, last night about the Chiefs' wide receivers. Of course, Travis Kelsey looks good. And talk about 
certainly not make or break for Travis Kelsey, but your fantasy teams that drafted Travis Kelsey, you're probably feeling like it's make or break as you watch Jefferson go for 30 every week and Tyreek have a bunch of big games and Diggs and AJ Brown and CMC. You're watching all these first round picks go crazy and you're sitting there with Travis Kelsey. Like he's fine for a tight end, of course, but he's not exactly setting the world on fire. Um, but this is a great one for him, for Patrick Mahomes. You mentioned we talked about the uh, Chiefs wide receivers last night. I think any of them, of course, could pop off in this game because it's such a good matchup. But I'm most excited to see if Rashi Rice's role continues to grow. Uh, looks good in their week four game. And I think he's kind of the guy I'm most intrigued by in the Chiefs group. You know, MVS can always catch a long one or whatever. But in terms of like role growth and can one of these guys step forward? I really, really am interested to see Rice. And we also get the MVS game this week for sure. Can't fail. Has to be the MVS week where he hits the long one down the sideline and actually catches it and scores. We get that once or twice a year. It's got to be this one against the Vikings. He did it two weeks ago and it got called back on a BS penalty. Yeah. Against the Bears. That was sad. And I do have five Mahomes, Justin Jefferson teams in best ball mania. So we are looking very much forward to this i will have a dfs lineup that is revolved around this game how can you not how could i not and i'm at a 19 percent advance rate in best ball mania going into this coming week i am going to guess that it is higher higher (laughs) than that once we come out of week week five so that is something i would wager on that my best ball shares are going to go up in week five I'm going to war with Sam Howell and the fighting, uh, the fighting Sammy Commanders on Thursday, and Rob's going to war with Patrick Mahomes against one of the worst defenses in the NFL on Sunday. Let's see who comes out on top uh, of of this one. But seriously, though, like those are some of the great spots to have. Kind of going back to like the bye week discussion and the the you know sometimes the it's a long. This is a, the regular season. Best ball with the from a, a you know the tournament perspective like non-drafters right the tournament formats like the regular season is a marathon and that's part one of four you know what i mean we got to make it through three yeah. more weeks of the playoffs we are only four weeks through part one you know where we're, we'll call it a you know 30 percent through part one of this whole first act Right. And so these kinds of games can be so impactful because you can make, like you said, we can make up so much ground, right? Your Mahomes teams, you get that long MBS touchdown. You have them on Jefferson teams. Maybe that team's not advancing, right? Mahomes, Jefferson, MBS, Rice, whatever. It's not advancing. Boom. You, you outscore the first place team by like 90 points in this week. Like that stuff happens, well, especially when we get to the bye week. So really excited for that one. One other thing I did just want to point out. We talked last night, Jordan Addison bageled a total air ball, one target uh, last week. And he's just been kind of a solely a downfield guy, which feels okay in this game, but also feels okay for like tournaments, but like uh, not DFS tournaments, like best ball tournaments feels okay. Like you're going to get some spike weeks, but he's not earning any volume at all. all. So um, I wouldn't be counting on him for, you know, uh, a bunch of usable Games only other thing Cam Akers was obviously active last week, um, but Alexander Madison still played seventy percent of the snaps. Had seventeen carries for ninety five yards. Uh, had basically a hundred total yards and actually looked pretty good. So maybe, maybe the old Akers signing uh, lit a fire underneath Alexander Madison 
And uh, I do still think he'll be, you know, 60 to 70% of the backfield is going to be Madison unless acres somehow really just kind of outperforms him over the course of the next, next month. Uh, so still feeling okay about Madison shares. He looked better right last now. week too. And maybe he needed a fire lit under his ass with the cam makers coming in. But from the runs I saw him make, even like some of his runs that he was getting five to seven yards, they just looked like better runs than he's been producing yep. for the last couple weeks. So I, I kind of like Madison as well as sort of like a sneaky best ball. He's going to be that fifth, sixth, seventh rounder where he doesn't do anything overly explosive, but he trudges along. And maybe when you're in a playoff game and you have a Brees Hall who doesn't get the volume you want him to get, Madison comes in and gets you the seven to 12 points that you needed to advance or something like that. A hundred percent. If he just stays healthy, he's going to be useful for you all year. He's not going to be the reason you, you know, win your league or win a best ball tournament, but he's going to be helpful for yeah. sure. Like he's been helpful so far. I, I'm in second yeah. in the the high roller on drafters. He's my RB one. He's not setting the world on fire, but I, I, you know, you know me, I draft mostly zero RB ish and I don't have Kyron on that team, but I'm just like bouncing around Madison, B Rob, Khalil Herbert. I do have aging, but it's like, I'm just bouncing around these, these running backs and he's helping me because he's scoring yeah. double digits every single week. Uh, generally speaking, another fun game, but a little bit, honestly worried, um, that the defenses are really, really good here, but the offenses are pretty good too. Cowboys 49ers Sunday night football. Um, mostly just excited to watch this one. I saw something on Twitter that I do find interesting. I believe Dak has the um, second lowest ADOT amongst all quarterbacks in the NFL so far. Only second to uh, uh, Bryce Young is the only one that's worse. Uh, so please just bring us Andy Dalton already so we can uh, get some down the field passes. But I think part of that is the Cowboys defense, which again, we talked about last night that we haven't really seen what the Cowboys have because their defense scores two, two touchdowns seemingly every week. I don't think their defense is going to score two touchdowns in this one against Purdy and Shanahan and co, but I'll be interested to see if they, you know, if that's a McCarthy thing, right? Because uh, uh, what's his name? Former uh, uh, Kellen, Kellen Moore has gone to, to Los Angeles. And so we'll see if, that's a you know a symptom or a bug of of Mike McCarthy taking over and on the 49ers side can they be the ones that cracked the the second team I guess Arizona kind of cracked it but can they be the ones that cracked the code of the the Cowboys defense they're pretty uh matchup proof the 49ers but I, I'm really interested to see like just how matchup proof they are in a matchup like this with the Cowboys yeah I'm super excited they're not on the main slate slate for multiple reasons I don't want to try to figure this game out on a week basis but for season long and just being able to watch it yeah. like in a window where it's just the one game on to see what we got from both of these teams to see what the 49ers offense can do against this Cowboys team is going to be intriguing. I know they don't play again in the regular season, but this is a potential rematch in the playoffs right here. And it's going to be a fun game. I think it might not be fun for best ball though. to all the points you made. It might, you might get one or two guys that do something that's usable, but I think there's a potential. This is the worst CMC game of the year, right? Yep. Against the Cowboys here. It's potential. Ayuk does nothing. There's potential. Kittle does nothing. There's potential. All of them do nothing and vice versa too. Pollard people. If Pollard's Pollard's already struggling in terms of like touchdowns and stuff like that. I think he's going to be fine, but this game might scare some people if he doesn't have 
you know, some sort of decent game, which I'm fine with personally. Mm-hmm. I think you just got to get through this week, let the Cowboys get to the next week, and then we start seeing the Pollard thing. But this game might not be great for best ball. Yep. I think um, Pollard's going to start to probably fly a little bit under the, I mean, he probably is already flying under the radar. CMC is going so nuts. And then he's, you know, but the Pollard usage is everything we want. We've talked about this pretty much every week. He hasn't popped off yet. Um, and maybe he just won't. Maybe the Cowboys defense is, or the, the Cowboys offense is just maybe not that high of upside. So the volume is great, but the, but, but I still believe the talent is there. I still believe the big play upside is there. He's getting goal line work. He's getting a bunch of targets. I'm not worried about Tony Pollard, but I am not like expecting a big game necessarily this week also. So it's more of a, a projecting forward. He's fine. You, know, you don't be worried about your Tony Pollard shares, especially because they're probably not doing that great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're, you're put Tony Pollard teams. You can have good Tony Pollard teams, of course, but he's, he's not really like doing a ton to help those, to help those teams in the second round or at the one, two turn or wherever you took them, but better days are ahead for Tony Pollard. One, just one guy I did want to mention uh, in this one that has stood out to me the last two weeks, it's Michael Gallup. Uh, so I think everybody made this sweeping assumption that when they signed Brandon Cooks, that he was going to be like the audit where we got a pencil Brandon Cooks. Everybody, fantasy footballers fucking love Brandon Cooks. I don't know what it is about Brandon <laughs> Cooks, right? Last year with the Texans, he's like a fifth round pick. And this year we put him in the seventh, eighth round and assume he's the wide receiver too. He's not the wide receiver too. Michael Gallup is back and he's the wide receiver too. Seven targets, six catches, 92 yards. Uh, two weeks ago against Arizona, you know, a little bit of the fact that they were losing, but still mm-hmm. that's a, a, a strong game against a decent defense. And then last week in the absolute stomping curb stomping of the Patriots that they had six targets, five catches, 60 yards. He just looks, he looks good. The eye t- he's passing the eye test kind of back to old school Gallup, a couple years removed from the ACL tear that he suffered in the goddamn fantasy championships when on Pete and I's best ball mania team that was uh, making a run up. He caught a touchdown at the end of the first half and tore his ACL on the touchdown catch. <laughs> uh, it would have been nice if he would have not got hurt on that one, but he's looking back to me. And so I actually have a little bit of Gallup. I, I, I'm overweight. Yep. Not like a ton, but I'm over. I checked that today. I'm overweight Gallup and I'm feeling optimistic about him moving forward like similar to pollard it hasn't all come together in big fantasy scores yet but everything's trending in the right direction for michael gallup gallup was a blind spot for me this year um and i don't remember where he was going that's how much of a blind spot he was for me (laughs) but i wasn't drafting brandon cooks either so i i guess it's like addition by subtraction or whatever you want to say in terms of that but michael gallup was probably an easy pick he was going what past tyler boyd and stuff so yes so yeah it was also weird different sites he had he had a very like high wide range of of adp depending upon the sites like you said i can't remember it exactly but like anywhere from like 125 to like almost 150 on i think i don't remember if that was DraftKings or drafters he went like almost 150 um so yeah just a, a guy the market wasn't couldn't figure out really and i i would just feel good about him um last game (laughs) <laughs> real doozy jordan love against who knows aiden o'connell jimmy garoppolo jimmy g still in the concussion protocol and the least surprising thing ever i'm not trying to make light of head injuries but if jimmy garoppolo like I- anybody getting a head injury uh jimmy garoppolo is the most likely candidate for it to linger on longer than <laughs> than the average uh concussion protocol we'll see if jimmy comes back i think aiden o'connell after a really shaky first 
quarter and a half, two quarters against the Chargers, uh, started to feel like get settled in a little bit, started feeding Devontae the offense. They nearly came back and uh, won that game. They had, a, they had a truly cowardly punt that if they had not punted, maybe who knows, maybe they would have come back, but uh, lose by seven to the Chargers. And now they get Jordan Love and the Packers coming in as they're getting to full strength. Um, so I know that they're road favorites here, but I think they should be in the Packers. I think it's just, they're just a much better team than the Raiders, even whether it's Jimmy G or Aiden O'Connell or whatever. I don't think the Raiders are very good. I saw you tweet uh, something today, so I'll let you kind of take <laughs> take take the mic on dunking on the Raiders. But uh, I do like a great spot for all the Packers, uh, except A.J. Dillon, because there is no such thing as a good spot for, for A.J. Dillon. Aaron Jones, well, Christian Watson, Jaden Reed, Dobbs. I like all those guys. Well, this is going to be the lure you in week for A.J. Dillon. This will be the week that A.J. Dillon has 60 yards, two touchdowns, (laughs) and you think like, oh, A.J. Dillon's right, right? So, like, if you want to make money this week, you play the two-game slate for the the Sunday night, Monday night, find a decent tournament there. Everyone's going to want to play the other three backs, other, you know, between, right? You play A.J. Dillon. He scores two touchdowns. Other four backs. Money. I bet people yeah. play Aaron Jones before A.J. Dillon. That's that's true, too. So the other four backs, A.J. Dillon gets all the short yards work, actually scores like two short touchdowns, gets 50 yards, a catch. Right? He has like a 15, 16-point game, something like that, maybe an 18-point game. And you're like, oh, maybe my best ball shares were good. I'm sorry I talked to you into A.J. Dillon, by the way. <laughs> it seemed good at the time. <laughs> I, I'm totally fine with that process. And, and we even got the contingent play right away. And, yeah. and I needed it, right? You know, I draft so many zero running back teams. You're like, oh, my God. We, we got the A.J. Dillon and we got the Josh Kelly. And I was just like, you know, you get that and you got and you got Kyron, you got a chain. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to win all the money. And my team suck because all those guys besides obviously Kyron and a chain, they all got the opportunity and sucked so bad that they couldn't even score any fantasy points. But uh, yeah. AJ, Dillon, bet, I don't I don't mean that like he's going to be a great end up being a great pick. But I also do think better days are ahead for AJ Dillon. I, I think that the offense needs Aaron Jones. The offense needs Christian Watson. And now he's never going to get probably as much volume as he got without Aaron Jones, but they also didn't have Watson in those games. And I think that that's the thing about the volume versus efficiency that we argue about, like every freaking summer is everybody's, you know, loading up on the Najee Harris's because they project for more volume and give us the Brees halls because they project for more efficiency. And like AJ Dillon proved that like the volume when you're bad and you're on a bad offense, it doesn't all like, it doesn't necessarily matter. Whereas if this offense can get better when generally when you add your two best players back, you know, and you're certainly your two most explosive players, maybe the offense becomes efficient and now you can get some Dylan will get some touchdowns. He'll get Mm -hmm. some of those goal line touchdowns and score some fantasy points. So who knows? We'll see. Um, But I'm not writing it off, but I, I am, I am pounding the table and say, he's not very good at football. I'm willing to say that, but I'm not willing to say he won't ever be useful for fantasy. That is for sure. I agree. And then on the Raiders side, dude, this is the prophecy. I, I'm almost sick of talking about it. I've gone over this prophecy thing for the Raiders since the beginning of the summer. The, the prophecy, I'll lay it out one more time, was always the Raiders are going to be a very, very bad football team, right? They're going to start off slow. Jimmy G sucks. We're going to see the regression in his turnover thing where he got so lucky at 
with the 49ers. We're already seeing that. He's already gotten banged up. He's already missed the game. Devontae was going to start chirping before the trade deadline. Now we have Devontae chirping. He chirped again today. I mean, it wasn't a bad, as bad as the other day, but he still said a little something. Josh Jacobs is chirping now. Um, so the whole team is starting to do this. Who knows what's being said behind the scenes? Because if something's being said in front of a camera, it's 10 times worse behind the camera. Always. count. Take that to the bank, right? Yes. So that's, this is the second part of the prophecy. The third part is we're going to be talking about Devontae Adams at the trade deadline. Until the trade deadline passes, he's not going to get traded. So he's going to remain on the Raiders. And by week 13 or 14 or something like that, Adams is going to go down with a phantom injury, sort of like the Derek Carr thing almost. They're going to sit him home so that they can protect him for whatever the hell they're going to do with him in the offseason. And he's not going to be on the field anymore. And the Raiders are going to be 2-15 and 15 at the end of the year or something like that. So this is all coming to fruition. You guys don't have to believe me. I knew that Devontae Adams was going to start out fine. I never thought Devontae Adams was going to come out and start getting two catches for 20 yards and no touchdowns. Never what I thought was going to happen with Devontae Adams in the beginning of the year. It's the This is the epitome of look at the organization. What are they telling you? The Raiders told you they were going to be dysfunctional the entire offseason. I mean, we don't even have to get into the Chandler Jones stuff that's oh, going yeah. on as well. Yeah, let's not. <laughs> probably right? not. Probably not going right? we'll like, to. We'll be here for a long time. We start didn't, getting into all that, too. But Jesus. just on the offensive side of the boy, they are they are terrible. You know, I might have missed on the Jacoby Myers thing because they're not going to sit Jacoby Myers ever. That might have been a that might have been a mistake on my part. His volume might just be through the roof all the way through the season because they they're going to have nobody else. I think Devontae still gets sat. There is a chance if they trade anyone, I think it is going to be Jacobs. I think that someone would have to go. I just down don't know who's thing. trading for him. That's the I point. Just don't know who's, who's trading. Who's for trading for him? It's why Leonard Fournette's sitting at home still, right? Mm -hmm. So, I just think that everything I thought with the Raiders for the most part is coming true. You're seeing it happen, and this is the one hill that I'm dying on until it doesn't happen for the rest of the season because I like Devontae Adams. I think Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the league. I've never said to the contrary on mm -hmm. any of that. I just hate the situation that he's in. He hates the situation that he's yeah. in. <laughs> and I think it's all going to all come to a boil. Yep, we talked about it a lot over the summer. I won't rehash everything that you said because um, neither you or I have uh, have basically any Devontae Adams, and that was met with a lot of ridicule, and I will continue mm -hmm. to stand by that process, and whether it goes right or wrong, honestly. Uh, that's uh, right. Like, I have lots of bad players that I took big stands on or, or players who were awesome that I took stands against, and um, process over results, and I think that uh, the – the pushback that you'll hear week to week is the perfect example of the fact that people are just results over process, right? So for two weeks, nobody said shit about the fact that we were dunking on the Raiders and low yeah. on Devontae Adams, right? And then week three, you get the yeah. Devontae game, the 40 The tweet point. started. The yeah. tweet and started it, week three, and I'm just like... And <laughs> and, the, and people are in this in this and look it's fine it's all fun and games i yeah. i'm totally cool with the shit talking and i'm totally you want to dunk on rashad penny please i he's dead in a grave over here next to me it, we, we can pour some dirt on him together if you would like i'll own that it's fun and, it's all fun and games and so i support it however 
uh, it's just funny. Like the people come out like, oh, look, see, told you, you idiots. We told you, uh, you know, you should have drafted Devontae. Then guess what? Another bad game this week. And the Raiders lose again. And all these things that you're mentioned that were the reasons that we were low on him had nothing to do with Devontae. Like you said, literally could have nothing less than, I agree with you. I also think he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. He's fucking unbelievable. I played him in DFS twice. I played the dude in DFS twice. So I clearly like him when he's out there and playing right now, but it's, it's macro level issues. It's, you know, he's an early round pick or whatever. Um, I did come around a smidge to Jacoby Myers, not a lot, but a little bit to Jacoby Myers. And I have, decent Michael Mayer bags. And so that, that was yeah. kind of my hedge against all of this stuff. And it, it, it's just funny. It's just very funny, right? The, the ups, the roller coaster of the NFL season, you know, takes no prisoners. We all fall, like we all fall into little things. I remember I was thinking about it earlier today, looking through some teams of being excited for having Kendrick Bourne on my teams after week one, like, Oh, good job. Me getting on some Kendrick Bourne. And it's like, yeah, I think he has less fantasy points in the last three weeks than he had in had in week one. And that's just how it goes. The roller coaster happens. We all have to try to process it as we go, but we're always trying and specifically trying to do these shows to blend what we're seeing what's happening, the things we're learning with marrying it up to our process. What was the process? What, when did we maybe have bad process? When did we have good process, but maybe ran bad, right? And just like figuring all that out. That's why I enjoy doing these shows. And hopefully the people enjoy listening to it because that's what we're like in real time trying to process all that, all that work, all that thought, all that time we spent over the summer. You can't just like throw it out because Devonte Adams had a 140 point game. Right. Or you can't just throw it out because J.K. Dobbins got hurt. You know, you can't just like how do we process all of that and learn along the way as opposed to getting to January, March, June and like starting over and being like, what happened last year? You know, like soaking all this up along the way is really helpful and really important. So anything else before just, we start just, to get out of here? Just to close out the Devonte Adams thing, we because people are hearing what they want to hear again with that stuff. I remember one specific show where we said we will play him a few weeks this year in DFS. We, we mentioned that specifically, mm -hmm. but you know, that's not what people hear. People hear don't draft Devonte Adams. So it just, it's funny. Yeah. Why do you the, hate the interpretation? Why do you yeah. hate Devonte Adams? Like I do, I actually love him. <laughs> that's actually yeah. part of it. I love him so much that I know that he's not going to be down to, to play for this one win <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo, Josh McDaniels circus that they have out there in, in Vegas, no pun intended, but we have to get out of here. Rob has got to go uh, do some more fun things that are totally very similar to best ball yeah. conversations. Um, so go check out hometown ghost stories here later tonight and we will be back um i mentioned this uh i think yesterday or or recently we got a couple different nba best ball videos the nba best ball rankings are up on the site already you can find those if you're a subscriber and we got a couple i'm going to do some dr pre-recorded draft videos on both DraftKings and underdog sorry and drafters and then just like some strategy videos and we got uh in-season nfl in particular best ball resurrection on underdog and they have in-season tournaments also on DraftKings and drafters be on the lookout for all of that we are in big time grind mode and then sort of teaser whatever we're we're already working on our nfl playoff best ball content and everything that we're going to be releasing around that so you know, i think 
yes, it is absolutely God's <laughs> game. And I'm, I'm very, very, I'm already excited. We're wishing my life away here, but uh, I'm very excited for playoff best ball. And I think you're going to enjoy what we got coming there. So um, go check out hometown ghost stories. We'll be back. I don't know yet exactly when this week, but we're going to have more content coming for you this week. Maybe a couple drafts and go ahead. Sorry. You can catch me on the swole cast tomorrow too. I'll oh yeah. Swole cast. So, uh, if you ever heard of that show, I'll be on if, that. Uh, who who the hell has heard of the <laughs> the, the Swolecast? We just don't know. We just don't yeah. know about the Swolecast. For next time, for me and Rob, uh, for all the dogs, for all you sickos, we appreciate you joining us. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Those were some spicy takes. Want to stay up to date with all of the other spicy takes we're going to have over here at Spike Week? Why don't you press that subscribe button below? If you turn notifications on, we draft a team, boom, you know about it. We have another spicy take, boom, you know about it. You can be there. You can draft with us. You want to stay up to date? That's how you do it. All right, we'll catch you later next time here at Spike Week.